This is episode number 509 of the Health and Fitness Podcast by Inner Fight, brought to you in association with Smith Street Paleo. Hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com, get involved in all the yummy recipes, meal plans, and of course, those great sweet treats. Welcome back to another edition of the show. This is episode two in our first series entitled The Rise of Ultra Running. In this show, we're going to talk about why ultra running is in fact rising. If you missed last week's show, go check it out. We define what an ultra is. We talk about various ultras around the world. As I said, this is episode two and we're talking about why ultra is rising. That's it. Here we are. Episode two. Thanks for the massive response we've had to these episodes or to the first episode, this series. This is the rise of ultra. But Tom, we spoke about in what is ultra. We should really answer the question. The series is called the rise of ultra. Hmm. Mate, why is ultra actually rising? That's what we're going to debunk in the next 15 minutes. Hit us with the first points. My theory on this. Here we go. Got a theory. The more we become absolutely encapsulated by by technology and our phones and laptops and and life, I think people are just looking for more and more ways to escape it. And that's one thing you get from an ultra is you care about nothing else. Wow. Deep, bruh. Yeah. Good start. I mean, mate, let's elaborate on that a little bit because it's... I remember when I was... When I did my first one that was down in Oman, there was... I think there was intermittent signal, but it was lasting on my mind. And then when I, was, when I went to Sahara, six days, I've still got business to run, six days, no signal. Just so complete. Good. I mean, there's no, you know, man, there was an option, you know, I, I, except when I was in a load of shit and I, I thought, I said to myself, I'll call Holly and I pulled out my phone and I was in the middle of the Wahiba Desert and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. So that's not an option. But mate, yeah, escapism, yeah? Escapism, that's it. That's yeah, I think that is a huge part to play. I mean, as we said, mate, in the, in the first part in episode one, if you haven't listened to this, folks, go back and listen to it. Some of the big companies that are organizing this in the locations, we spoke in that show about Marathon de Sable. You're in the middle of the Sahara. You are, you're completely escaped. There's yeah. no, there is no, I think, to be honest, I think on the fifth day in the camp, I think my phone worked. It might have changed now with, with obviously, with probably more satellites up there and more ways that people can stay connected. Actually, a funny thing that you say, mate, as well, is that I never went to, in, in MDS, you have a email tent and you can go and queue up, which is, it was just completely counterintuitive for me because people would go and queue, they'd run this, that stage, they'd run, be running anywhere five, seven, nine hours, and then they'd queue up in this massive queue for like 20 or 30 minutes to send an email that was a limited number of characters to one email address. Sounds like Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it basically, it basically was, mate. Like, yeah. it's just, it was, it was ridiculous, but no sort of, no communication at all. And in all these other races, you know, we spoke in the first show about races in Namibia, Antarctica, in the Gobi, Atacama, beyond the ultimate race. The one that I'm doing later this year is in Kenya. We're hoping for no signal at all. Yeah. What, why is that interesting for people, mate? I think it's like we said, people don't realize how connected they are every day to something that can send multiple messages to you, which can create multiple feelings at any time. But when you're in an ultra, when you've only got one task at hand ahead of you, which is to keep moving forward, remember to eat, remember to drink, I think it draws back something into us that 
we just almost creates that flow sense and people because what amazes me is how we can go out and run every day of our lives if we wanted to yeah and and get ourselves into a state that we get to in ultras but people don't do it yeah. and that's because it it takes an event to happen it takes something to force technology away from you it takes something to focus your energy purely on one thing yeah. to get that feeling to come to come back yeah like that flow state feeling absolutely mate. and we could have it every day if we wanted to but but we don't because we've got business to run families all we've that. Got to, i think what it comes down to mate is we've got distractions we've got distractions yeah. for it. yeah so people put an ultra in the calendar yeah and then they get so excited for it because they yeah. can't wait to experience that feeling again yeah of disconnection of and complete and flow i mean mate i i, I had it as well when I was, I remember, and this is, if you've heard this before, folks, I'm sorry, but I'll tell it. When I was in the middle of the Sahara, there, and, and this happened actually in, in Corsica as well, when we're running across Corsica, but in the middle of the Sahara, literally, we're on this salt flat, uh, salt flat, and it's just like, it's like a gray white, the whole thing, and you can just see this heat haze just bouncing off it, and there's cracks in it from the sun. It's just completely open it up, and I, I don't know how hot it was, mate, but it was it was cooking i was burning and i'm running with like three people and i was just like there was nothing else they they could have been talking i don't know but you're just and i just looked and i like i went wow what what actually are we on this earth like right now i'm just like this ant and i was literally moving at an ant's pace across this thing and there's no you know one of the coolest things as well is that you look at like the formation of the earth and like you're like what is that thing like that heat that's bouncing off it and what we'd normally do is we'd normally whip out the phone and we'd google it or we'd do something with take it a selfie we'd with take it. a selfie actually have a picture <laughs> of it gopro um but I, it was just like it was this it, it was just this complete feeling of disconnection and it again it makes you go a little bit deeper it makes you go like Definitely. what really am i here on this planet and yeah. you know I think people have that. You can have it at the top of the mountain. You can have it running through a valley. You can have it in all these different scenarios. But for me, mate, that was like, it was wild. And that, that's when I, you know, that's when I think like why Ultra is rising because people are able to have those unique experiences. Definitely. And, it, and it's addictive. Like yeah. you search to go back for it and, yeah. you, and you search to find it again. And also it makes a few more things tolerable because you're like, I have this that I'm, I've got a disconnected period coming up. I can yeah. deal with this right now because I know in a in a few months' time I'm going to just be able to be completely disconnected to, to from get it, it off. Yeah. So the first reason why Ultra is rising, and I've got one final point on that, is because it's complete disconnection. And you know what happened, mate? I I was the business was obviously it's five years ago. The business was a lot smaller, and I, I still put a lot of time into it now. But like at that stage, literally, like my phone would ring a lot because I was quite central on it, and blah blah blah. And I was thinking to myself before I went, I was like, six days? The business might fall apart. Yeah. What happened? Nothing. Nothing. The business just keeps on going and keeps on going. So I think that's one of the massive learnings as well. And it's, it's difficult. I mean, when, you, when, when I came back, I just was just trying to take more time. Like a lot of things in life need an immediate response. They need an answer. And I think communication and, you know, smartphones and stuff is super important and it can help us be more more efficient but yeah. sometimes like you think that something needs an answer and it completely doesn't and that's what that taught me that that whole disconnection yeah mate the second point that we we sort of came up with of why ultra is rising is the barrier to entry is, is super low 
it, at the end of the day, it's, it's running. If you can, if you can afford, we spoke a little bit about the prices in episode one. Yes, MDS is expensive at four thousand pounds, but Ultra X are coming to the market with with a cheaper price point. If you start where Tom suggested, you start at maybe a sixty k race. You could get a sixty k race in the books for probably in the UK, probably less than a hundred quid. Yeah, grab some mates who want to do a sixty k and go and do or it. With just them go and do it, do it with them, like stick your GPS <laughs> watch on. But mate, talk to us about that and running because it. Running is increasing, and we, we we both share the same view that it's increasing because the barrier to entry of running is so low. What does that really mean? I think what, and it probably comes in with the next point, is you can see someone running down the street, and you can go and join them almost instantly if you want to. Whereas if you see someone on a really nice bike, like you've, that takes something to go and, and buy and have it. If you see yeah. someone... Uh, like on YouTube skiing, you've got to fly to the mountains, hire skis, all that. Running, yeah. I can just go and, and you join you. And, yeah. and we've seen it here is people get into running and then they get a friend along and ask their friends to come. And then it's like we've seen it Track Tuesday. Yeah, right. right? It started with like eight people like every other week. Yeah. And now it's literally 50 people every week. Every and week. someone just brings a friend each week yeah. and they're like, oh my God, I can actually do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no like superheroes here. Yeah. Just yeah. show up and run. And that's exactly what we're talking about in the first show. Like, you humans want to continue to get better. You do an ultra, it's an easier barrier. You come to me and say, do you think I can do it? I say, yes, you can, even though maybe I don't think you always can, but still. And you do it, and then the next one comes, and then the next one, and and it it sort of rolls. And I think that's one of the most important things, mate. And I even saw it for all of the fact that we're quite geeky about equipment and what shoes and your watch and this and that. There's people at these races that are running. I saw a guy run across the Sahara in Crocs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, mate, I, I, 100%. I saw a guy run across Corsica in like, he was showing me what they were. He said he completed Corsica in three days, which is 195 Ks with 13,000 13, meters of climbing. And he showed me the shoes that he wore. And they're like just a comfy pair of old boots. No way. Yeah. And that, I mean, Corsica is different because it, it's a lot of incline and decline. So the runnable area is is quite limited, which actually we should, we should talk about a little bit maybe later in the series of how runnable a lot of these courses are, because I think that's one of the illusions as well. But you don't have to have all the kit from the start, right? No, definitely not. Definitely not. And uh, it's actually gone backwards now a little bit, like the barefoot running movement and the yeah. minimal movement is like how much can you get away with not having yeah talk to us about that mate for people that aren't really sure about what you said the barefoot movement and minimal movement what are you talking about i think it started for me with the book born to run yep the i must have Omara. read it six seven years ago i thought you were going to say six or seven times and i was six, like that times. would be a lot. yeah <laughs> and uh i was hook line and sinker sold on it and uh, absolutely love the theory behind it and it basically means we're going back to even more natural way of running so if you if you have a shoe it can alter your gait it alters uh, a lot of the neural patterns within the feet take that shoe away and you start to run what they think more naturally and and a more sort of how we're meant to run right a lot of, a lot affects that which we could do a whole podcast on yeah but what it more what it sort of created was this barefoot cult right that they they believe or some science shows that they're more grounded with the earth when they're running barefoot yeah and it it was a lot of the guys who were down in south america within the jungle and 
they went down there and everyone started eating chia seeds and making their own <laughs> their own energy gels. <laughs> Some guy called Barefoot Ted, I think, started <laughs> started selling. He called rubber. himself Barefoot Ted, <laughs> <laughs> or the locals call him Barefoot yeah. Ted. His real name was just Ted. He, uh, his business is selling bits of rubber with strings on that you attach to your feet and call running sandals. Yeah, running sandals. Gee, and, we, could, uh, we could do it. We could. Do it. We should actually do a whole series on running shoes we and, could. We and, could. And, and and barefoot and stuff. But uh, that's a. It, it is an interesting point, mate, because the more the deeper spiritual stuff is that people are feeling a, mo- a lot more grounded yeah. and a lot more comfortable. And I think this maybe crosses back to where we started is that we sometimes we're in, in, indulging in too much technology. We're removed from nature. Now that we've been brought back into nature, which is really hard to do, there would actually be quite a cool thing to do, actually, a city ultra. There must be one somewhere. Oh, it's got to be. I did one. There's one in Salisbury where you finish running through the city there. But generally speaking, folks, we're, we're on a little bit of a tangent there. Generally speaking, all of these races are out in the wild, out in the country, mountains, deserts, really incredible landscapes where yeah. we probably feel that we connect a lot better with the earth. So that would be all of these massive reasons tying in with the title of this show why is ultra rising but mate i want to finish out for the last few minutes and you've done quite a few ultras i've obviously done a couple as well is that there's so many things that we experience in a race that we're able to link back and make our life better i need you to sell this to people I need you to tell it the fact that if people go out and run 100K or 200K, smash their feet up, lose their mind, how does it positively impact their life when they come back to technology and come back to the city? What have you got? My point on this is my first uh, multi-stage ultra was running uh, three marathons over three days, north to south Cornwall, all on coast path. Lovely. So, coast path in the UK is you're either going up or you're going down or you're going over a rock or you're nearly falling in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. You've got to be pretty switched on. And I got to the final day and I was 10K out from the finish and everything hurt and I'd run out of fuel and there's no more feed stations left between me and the finish. Good planning. So, and I didn't realize until later what this actually was, but I basically just went you know i'm going all in here uh i'm just going to run until i drop right and i took off for the final 10k and it was my quickest 10k of the whole thing and maybe that was because i was at my lightest because i had no food left or water (laughs) or you're absolutely starving yeah but i was just in a complete state of of go mode and and like flow which is we use a lot that flow state feeling and i just kept running and everything now as as a coach and what i know would be to say conserve your energy slow down don't yeah. don't go something's going to go wrong yeah. but at the time nothing was stopping me yeah and i finished and like was absolutely dead at the end yeah but when i look back it's this whole thing of trying to find balance in life is really really hard and sometimes you've got to learn that when you when you want something to happen you've got to go absolutely all in on it and it will happen and you control with the amount of effort you're putting into it is what you'll the outcome you'll get out of it so when it comes back to life is like when we're, we're looking at things in business, when we're looking at things in, in our personal lives, if you've got a goal that you want to achieve, look at it. How, how does that happen? Whether it's getting out a really cool ad campaign. Well, maybe that ad campaign needs like 10 hours of your week 
that week and not just two hours of the normal marketing meeting that you have that week. Yeah. So focus on it, know what you have to get done, and then just go all in on it. Absolutely. That's what I get Mate, from it. Super nice way to wrap up this show and a very interesting segue into the next episode, which comes out in a week time, where we're going to be talking all about how to train for an ultra. Because one of the things that people obviously say is, yeah, I'm going to do all this training. What happens if it goes wrong? What happens if I go too yeah. hard? What might have happened in that scenario? <laughs> we'll hold that thought. That is episode two of the rise of ultra that is why we think ultra is rising so many benefits disconnection going back to nature and also bringing all these learnings these experiences that we have back into our everyday lives as tom was saying there back into the marketing meeting and really understanding how to go all in because in certain situations you definitely might have to that's been episode two the next episode three we're going to be talking about how to train for an ultra we'll catch you then next week.